You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello there, my name's Stuart Goldsmith, welcome to the show. Um, apologies for the slightly odd sound quality of uh, this bit of the show. Uh, I am out of the country, I'm doing some gigs in Bahrain at the moment for the Stand Comedy Club, and uh, although I'm having a wonderful time, I have neglected to pack a single AA battery. Um, as a result, my little Zoom recorder that I was going to use to do this bit is not working, I'm having to do it on Garage Band, and as a result, it sounds a little bit tinny, so apologies for that. Nonetheless, welcome to the show, I'm very, very proud of this episode, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, this is another one, it's the first one actually, um, chronologically, recorded live at the Gilded Balloon during this year's Edinburgh Fringe, and this is Mr Hal Cruttenden. Hey man, come take a seat. Uh, how? I broke the mic already. Immediately, good work. I'll I'll fill. I'll cover. Earlier today, I just did exactly the same thing. Really? Yeah. It's just you not knowing your own strength. Or I know. I just I'm just so I, desperate I just, to perform. Give me the exactly. Stuff. Oh, it's but yeah. I've been doing a lot of acting, not a lot of stand up, so I'm desperate to sort of okay hold a mic. Okay. Well, we yes. should before we get stuck in properly. Um, we should now. There will be people in the audience, I'm sure, and if not in the room, then in the audience at home, who are fans of your work. You are you're, <laughs> you, you. You laugh there as if to go. Uh, Maybe they won't, but they're, yes. they're definitely will. They might well not be. However, if you don't know how, um, let's. Can you? Can I do an annoying thing to you and ask you to just tell us where you are in your career? What sort of for, for anyone listening or, or here that doesn't know you, how are you doing? Um, I'm I'm on an upward curve. You are, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's taken me a long time to get here. But you're never meant to say that. Um, I've been being a comic quite a long time, uh, but I've had a, quite a big break. Like last, the last year and a half, I had a very good Edinburgh last year and I've done Live at the Apollo. I've got a Radio 4 sitcom next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on a TV sitcom that might not happen, but I'd like okay. to mention just because I'm working on a TV sitcom, people go, oh, totally it's going to Totally worth saying. In fact, um, there was an audible mm, yeah, in the room. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, I, I've, 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 I just did Mock the Week the other week, and I'm doing it in September as well. Brilliant. And I might be doing more in the autumn. So I'm about to become massive, and you're very lucky to see me now. <laughs> Live! I think that's, that's funny, though, but it, it's true. I think you're in that position that someone like Mickey Flanagan was in a few <laughs> Who years I share ago. an agent with. Well, absolutely. Um, but yeah. someone like Mickey Flanagan, who nowadays is a household name, yeah. uh, not very long ago was, was, as you have been, kind of floating at the top of the circuit, yeah. known to all comedians on the, the comedy circuit in Britain as someone who absolutely does the job night after night and yeah. gets, you know, to huge reaction and yet for some reason isn't a famous face yeah. just yet. So, but you, you feel that, you're aware that it feels like it's happening. Well, you are, but you never feel safe. It's like, but nobody ever feels safe and they pretend that they do. You know, people think, oh, you, you do something in the business and you're fine, you're fine forever. Yes. Every, I, mean, I don't want to be rude, but everybody is tomorrow's Les Dennis. <laughs> 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 but no, but Les Dennis is doing fine. Do you know what I mean? He had a bit sure. of a comment, but Les Dennis was massive once and yes. then became a kind of joke of his... And that is going to happen to loads of us. If, if you make it massive... David Walliams said in an interview, I don't feel safe. And yet all of us as comics on our way up 
sure. look at people like that and go, oh, that's it, you're safe. You're yes. holidaying in Barbados every year. You're rich forever. You're fine. Yeah. No one's ever fine. As if to, I think that's a, that's a misconception of the public as well, isn't it? That as soon as you do some telly, yeah. you're a telly person oh, now they and think consequently it, you're rich. Yeah. Uh, kids that might have given my kids hassle at school going, why does your mum drive such a crap car? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then my wife said, why do I drive such yeah. a crap car? It's really annoying. But, um, but yeah, they do. They think, you're, they think on telly, you're loaded. Okay. So, and actually, we are... God, I think this, yeah, this is... Uh, people always in showbiz gener- generally earn less than you think they do. Yeah. I know this is the wrong way for this to go. No, but this I is great. I want to make that point out there. This is exactly what I was saying We're before. not starving, but we're not... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is exactly where we wanted to go. What this yeah. is supposed to be is the stuff that you don't get to say in any, in any other interview. Yeah. And so any, any other, just as a general note, any other truths that you come up with that we think aren't widely known, <laughs> let's just slam them in as yeah. and when we can. That'll be, they're more than welcome. Brilliant. So the show you're doing at the moment is, this is actually, I hadn't realised, this, this is the beginning of a tour. You're doing Edinburgh as Yes. I, well, I had this very successful show last year. So I'm coming back. I'm only doing eight shows of it in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. uh, in Edinburgh as the beginning of a tour. But I'm here for the whole month doing a play. Uh, doing making news, which is at the um, Pleasance. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't really be plugging. Should I on this? Pl- you podcast? can if you like. Um, some of them might. Some of them might go to it. He's it's getting very his coat good. on it's already. Got, yeah, <laughs> it's got it's got loads of it's got Phil Jupiter's in, who's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and yes, and it's and it's brilliant. Um, so I'm actually up here for the whole month doing that. But it's the beginning of my tour of last year's show. Okay. So, okay. so, what I mean. so, so let's talk about last year's show then. So the show is called yeah. Tough Lovey. Yes. And you'll have done emptying sort of press things and sound bites and what yeah. have you about it. Um, and it's presumably, I mean, from the title, it's, it's, is it about anything? Is it just your best stand-up? Is it's, it your best stand-up masquerading as a theme? I, th- I always do my best stand-up masquerading as a theme. Okay. So, um, I mean, I always have titles that, are, that basically describe me. They're always, you know, uh, I think I had a show a few years ago called Climb Every Mole Hill. Yeah. Um, there were things that were sort of, they're very, they're like me, making big deals out sure. of little things. And Tough Lovey is very like me. I think is the, is the, is the best description of my act. Because okay. it is camp, it is smiley, it is nice, but then very unpleasant things are said underneath. <laughs> okay. I think okay. quite nasty. I'm, I, I, but also I like to think I'm a bit dangerous when maybe I'm not as well. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, was as think- I, was, I, was, I know I was telling you before we started that I only woke up about 45 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm a little bit vulnerable. Um, so don't worry, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, I will plunder <laughs> that vulnerability. Um, that, that's interesting. So let's, well, let's, let's fix on that for a moment. If your stuff, I raised an eyebrow at that when you said all oh, very dark things are happening underneath. Yeah. The stuff that, that most immediately comes to mind for people that haven't seen Hal before... Um, like I, something of yours I watched recently on YouTube that I really enjoyed was you talking about how you use food, how you don't enjoy oh, yeah. or savour food, you use food, and you're very, you're very, very good at characterisation. You're very, you're a very physical performer, and you do a fantastic impression of you wolfing down a kind of buffet, which yeah. does, in fact, now I think about it, it does have a kind of darkness, a sort of desperation, a kind of need well, to it. Yeah, I mean, I get really. I have more about weight and my weight issues because I've been mm. bigger than this and slimmer than this. And all that. But it's a lot of comics do stuff by going, I'm fat, I'm funny, oh, fat thing. Mm. Fat people are depressed about it. And that's the comedy is about going, you know, especially mm. men. You know, sure. men go, oh, you know, people say, oh, aren't you fat bastard? And, all that. and it is a problem. I, I'm quite, it's, I tend to write quite good comedy about what I'm angry about. And okay. I'm quite angry. I have friends who apologise to me after I did some material on 
how you put on weight and your mate goes, what happened here? What happened here? And the patting of your belly. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, lost control of my eating. I'm far less attractive. It's, um, it's just this assumption that somehow we're, men, we're not allowed to be upset about it. And I think we should do stuff about being sure. upset about it. We should be do stuff about, about we do comfort eat and we do all, do all those things. So I, so I try and do fat stuff that isn't just going, I'm fat and isn't it funny that I'm fat? Sure. Having said that, I still do those jokes as well. Yeah, well, let's tell you about being vulnerable. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to make no, no sense. I, I think yeah. I think that's really interesting because you are you're like the last time I saw you gig, we were at the comedy store, and yeah. you are well known for a couple of things. A bit of background on Hal, the things Hal is known for in the comedy circuit. Oh. One, Hal is very known for doing five or upwards of five gigs a night and running mm. around the place. We'll we'll talk about that maybe a, a bit more. Uh, in, in an industry in which you can get one gig a night and two if you're lucky and maybe in the old days it used to be three and that's not really around anymore there's a sort of running joke it, 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 if you do like on the set you might not even be aware of this if one does a double or a triple gig of a Saturday night some people in the dressing room will go whoa easy there Hal Cruttenden yeah. you know as, as, like to you as, as a kind of a who do you think you are mate do you think you can keep up with him <laughs> so, so that's one of your uh, one of your uh, one of the things you're known for and another is that you are known for doing ever so well and then coming off and going oh, oh, I don't know how that went oh. you know oh, or, or, I'm known for that I know, well, I, well yeah. I say known I know you for it I recognise it yeah. that you turn up and you go oh how is it how are they are they, are they yeah. how's the gig uh, yeah, how's the audience are they, yeah. okay? are they okay oh god yeah, to have that kind of neurosis yes. and then going on and doing an incredible job and taking the room off mm. taking the roof off and then coming, coming back and going well, I don't know so, so yeah. my question really is like with, with regard to that do you think you are neurotic about performance? Do you think that there is a, there is a darkness? Because given, the, given how light and fluffy and friendly and funny, and yeah. you, the Telegraph, roly-poly funny man. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> I looked at that earlier on. I thought, it's not going to like that. Got you bastards. <laughs> you know. Oh, people say Michael McIntyre has to die before his career will take off. That's like yeah, yeah. Is that? Do you get that? Okay. I mean, if, if he does die, I'm in shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Motive and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the am I neurotic? I mean, I am. Sorry, to so the question: Am I neurotic? I am. I'm, I'm totally am neurotic. I totally okay. fear. I mean, I did. I I didn't think I was going to be a comic till I was like twenty six, mm-hmm. and I did it. And I used to watch it and think, "Oh, could I do that?" Could I? And, I, and it does still scare me. It still terrifies me. The, the the chance of humiliation, the abuse you get, the the. I mean, you you do go through a lot of crap doing mm-hmm. this. Um, I'd be. I am. Have you been attacked a lot? Physically attacked, do you physically. mean, or, or heckled? Or physically instead? threatened. And physically threatened. In the middle of a gig? I got, well, bot- I got bottled on once, but they, oh, they hadn't got... seen me. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> but I just thought, just, just that level of people, when they dislike you, they really hate you. There's no, no way you can prove that you've got any ability. And also there's a chance of saying things where people physically want to hurt you. I've okay. had so- a soldier hold me against, the, not in a sexual way, hold me against a wall. <laughs> no one here was <laughs> thinking that was in a sexual way. <laughs> something about my voice saying soldier. Um, but, but, um, but I've, you know, you, I, I've, I do find it, I, I suppose, I don't know, I, I do find it quite scary in that way. But, but also there's, there's an arrogance behind that neurosis. Mm-hmm. That, oh, am I going to do well? Am I going to do better? Oh, and coming off and going, I didn't do very well after a perfectly Did, good gig sure. is an is a expectation that I must storm it massively okay. so it's an arrogance behind that aren't I little and fluffy and sweet and worried sure. so sure. I think I think that's where the inner unpleasantness is okay <laughs> so I well, you about my father now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no this is fine this is the stuff that we want to talk about because 
I do. I, I suppose I'm getting caught up in two different threads here. One is that the material is light and fluffy, but has a darkness. And I suppose the other one is that Hal Cruttenden is quite light and fluffy and friendly. But if maybe the darkness there isn't isn't an anger so much as a fear. Like you, you seem to me to be someone who, like myself, is very keen on being liked. Yes. Yes, it's important to you that you win people over. So yeah. you maybe worry about a gig, and I'm putting words in your mouth here, this is my own experience, I will maybe sometimes worry about a gig and whether or not everyone will love me enough. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Rather than where some acts who couldn't give a fuck or purport to yeah. could turn up, do the gig, smash it, not go so well, oh, those guys would... Like, I never come off and blame the audience and go, those guys were dicks. I always yeah. come off and go, I didn't do it. How, yeah. do you, how, do you, how do you react after a bad one, is it? I don't know, but I'm getting more arrogant the more experienced I am. Okay. So I do, it depends how I feel. A lot of the time, actually, I do find an audience is nice and I, don't, I know I haven't been so good. But, um, it, but you get more experience. As a comic, you know, you walk on, especially there are corporate dues you walk on to. Um, I don't know if it's dodgy to talk about doing badly at corporates. It's a very, very <laughs> rare thing and I need the income. Um, but... Uh, but there are, very, there are a few. There are some corporates that are set up so badly, they go, oh, we'll put a comic on and it'll work, and it won't work. And you know you've got to do 40 minutes or half an hour. You know the first line, you know it isn't going to work. You could even yeah. walk in the room and go, this isn't going to work. So I'm, I'm getting better at not blaming myself. Okay, going, because some situations are uh, Yeah, impossible. I got booed on at a corporate in, in, uh, for Christmas. You got booed on double glazing as you were coming onto the comic. stage. As I walked on, they were booing. And in my head I went, oh, thank God, nothing to lose now. Oh, thank yes, God. They, yes, you know. okay. And so I got off after five minutes and they went, yeah, no, they hated you, didn't they, before you were even on. Sure. So I find when I was newer, I, I tend to blame myself more. But the only things I blame myself more na for now is, is losing it, is losing my temper or okay. something that can still happen. I've, I am quite happen? temperamental. I, I'm much more temperamental than people think. Okay. Um, Give us an example. When have you lost your temper? I did, <laughs> I did a benefit gig. <laughs> You're not meant to lose it, benefit gig. <laughs> I did. I did a benefit gig for the big issue at the comedy store in London. Okay. And they had some big issue salesmen at the front, and they started really joining in on the gig. Uh, and they were going, "I'm really sorry, we got some guys with big issues." And I, and I did say, at the, "I said at the gig, I said, you know, I was joking with them first of all and being and being fine." And um, and this guy kept shouting, "Oh my god, it's a nightmare because I'm doing a thing for big issue, and tomorrow morning when I walk out the station, someone's going to go big issue, and I'm going to go fuck off because um, <laughs> because they were wrecking the game. But but this guy, I said about my something about my daughter, and I said my daughter's name Grace, and he went Grace, what sort of fucking name is Grace? Fuck it, oh, is that the grace of God? He did a, and I thought, oh, control yourself, control yeah. yourself. I really because so, but I mean that's I just find that I'm surprised by how angry I get on stage when I before yes. I did stand up, I thought I'd be scared by heckles. Sure. And quite often you're made angry by them. Quite and often that's, you're, that's one of the weakest times, isn't it? If you yeah. lose your temper, you've lost you've, the game, haven't exactly. you? You've blown it because the audience can smell that you're Yeah, that and you're you can't take it because you are presenting... It's not an act completely. It is based on you yes. and you're getting your act from you. That when people really do heckle you with stuff that really hits home or is personal or is something about your family or something that yeah. is stupid to get wound up about, you still have that moment of going, don't lose it, don't control it. I mean, I, often, I've, I probably once or twice a year we'll walk off before I'm going to lose it mm. now I don't lose it now but I've had oh god that I've really some... surprises me I'm fascinated to hear that because I do think of you as a you know you're a, you're a friendly you're an outgoing act you're enthusiastic mm. you're warm audiences like you they respond to that um, I, I don't think I've ever I mean I have I could definitely say I have never got so angry that I've walked off stage oh really so where does that temper come from is that something you've already you've always had in your life has that come has that 
been a part of your life since you started doing stand-up? I don't know. I don't, you obviously consider it no, completely must, normal. Yeah, I've never I'm, experienced it. I must what is admit, it? I must... I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's that thing of my background is acting. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a problem accepting that this, our stand-up is not ever going to... is the least respected of... Yes. any sort of art forms if it is an art form sure. and i can't bear that thing of going my god it's it's all being you know it's all being um it's, it's not being respected which sounds yes, really silly because okay. i have an act that's all about not being respected but when people aren't being an audience or won't or will won't allow you I mean, a bit of a bit of heckling i do enjoy i do enjoy mm. bantering when it's something that's quite positive or even when it's negative you turn it into something positive but when someone is just pissed out of their mind and yeah. it's saturday night i think it's also to do with the state of your career i think comics lose it a lot of comics claim they don't lose it but a lot of comics lose it because for, i'm good at this and i've been doing it for years and i'm playing a stag do yes. on a saturday night and i'm having to take shit and take it up the arse because i'm just there comedy monkey boy i sure. think there's an arrogance behind that i've re- how many people go out this, this is destroying my career <laughs> but i do think loads of comics loads of comics I feel that and, right. and they claim oh no i'm just really a purist about it and i'm really i do but but actually it's because we work so hard and then we pretend we're not working hard in comedy yeah. we pretend we walk on and go i'm just a born funny guy and i haven't done this and actually we've worked really hard to develop something that is good and if you give us the space to be funny we will be funny when people don't let you do that sure. it's quite hard to go oh i'm just gonna you know sure so do you well there's, there's loads to talk about there so one, one of the things i think is do you feel that you in particular present more of a target do you feel like you present a soft target to audiences because you're you're nice you're I mean, are you yes. kind of low status yes. on stage? Or you seem in command, but no, you I, are kicking yourself for being posh and daft and yes, tubby. And because, you do, because you do have to, because you are... I mean, as a comic, I have nothing to make the audience give me any extra um, you know, space to play with. Okay. I am, I am, such what, as, such I am what? what people rip apart at the Edinburgh Festival of being white, middle-class, yes. middle-aged man doing comedy you are you are the majority group doing comedy so you get on yeah. put yourself down yeah. quite quickly so that because because you're not gonna you're not gonna have that sort of leeway of being i'm something unusual not anything unusual in the mm-hmm. in the comedy world so um so i'd say i do put myself down but then i i did as you get more confident you get more and more unpleasant don't you the more you can control it the sort of simon evans high status yes. um uh, sort of sort of comic is i have a lot of edges of that in my comedy but I don't know. I, li- I like those laughs that come from ripping yourself apart as well, as long as I'm in control of it. Yes, so I'm probably okay. quite a control freak. Okay. Because uh, I mean, I remember, I remember finding out I was putting on weight and first getting, you fat bastard on stage. And I went, you bastard. You know, <laughs> 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 Roy what do you Chubby mean me? Brown gets them to. to I actually know yeah. the state of your weight by the heckles you get. It is useful in that oh way. Oh my God. Yeah. That's okay. I just. No, so you won't. No, you won't. Like, never the noise have this. from the audience there of people going, God, that's just awful. But it I had is. that with finding out how grey I was. You yes. great, oi, great. And you think, this is actually quite handy. You do find an exact... People are telling you <laughs> exactly the state of your ageing and your body. That or, is... If nothing else comes from this, but that's a great angle and you should really explore that. Oh, should that's, I? that's funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. good. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, just start the show going, now, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> okay, that and then really take work. notes. They go, come back in a year. I'll be really funny on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're... Um, so we were, we were talking about the whether, whether or not you're you're a soft target. Whether it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know whether it's just the, how long have you been going I, in comedy? Oh, sorry, I was oh, thinking on. of a story that happened here. God, ten years ago. Okay. Um, talking about being a soft target, um, I was doing late and live, 
and I followed Reginald D. Hunter. You know Reg, Reginald D. Hunter, yeah. And Reg had gone on, and late life's very studenty, very young, you know. And I, I and mm-hmm. Reg had gone on and was doing great, and they loved him. And was, but he was quite stoned, I think. He'd just been nominated for the Perrier, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm a bit off my face and a bit off my game." But he was still brilliant. The audience are loving him, giving shit. I walked on after him and got shit immediately. Yeah. And I came out with a line that I'm so proud of. It's not that funny. I went, "Look, I know Reg has been on." And for many of you, he's sort of the man that you want to be. But but maybe I'm the man that you really are. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, I had a really good, I really won it round there. But I was like, you fucking wankers. Yes. You're picking on the, oh, so the, the guy that impresses you is gone. So let's pick on the guy we could, you know. Yeah. And I'm not having a go at students, but it was that kind of, oh, yeah, we want to be like you, Reg, you're cool. Oh, who's this funny little, you know, and I, I, I'm yeah. chippy about it. I it's, am, it's, it's interesting. Your chippiness, I'm fascinated by. I, I, mm. I, I totally understand it. I'm getting worse about everything. You think? Mm. Is, it, is it painful to talk about your flaws on, on stage? Obviously, there's an aspect whereby people shout stuff at you, yeah. shout abuse at you. Um, but separately to that, when you're talking about the way you use food or your uncomfortableness about your weight or your status within your marriage, things like that, um, are, is it ever painful to, to sort of, you know, do you feel you're laying your soul bare or do you feel that you're kind of using your, your soul as a jumping off point for some funny stuff you thought of? I don't, I don't think it's painful. It's bonding because everybody has lots of issues. So if you're talking about issues, everybody has issues. So it's mm. great that you're sharing and the laughter comes from their recognition of the issues that eating thing I really mm. like because that is such a mm. it's about comfort food it's about eating fast it's about you know and it really did get big laughs of, yeah. a bit because it because lots of people lots of people comfort eat sure. lots of people, you know and it is um, and I've got to, I mean I was crying laughing at it, just watching it on YouTube because oh. the, the the sort of speed and anger like anger <laughs> at yourself with which you're miming this food is a yeah. joy to behold but it, but it so so I don't know so it is nice because actually it's, if you get a laugh it means you're sharing something that mm. people are laughing at you, but they're laughing because they recognise what you're talking about. Mm. So, so I don't think it's ever painful. I think you've got to be very aware of what's, what's wrong with you mm-hmm. as a comic. And I, I, that's what I like comics. Comics are not precious, yes. generally. Yes, okay. Well, good ones never are. That's what I love about the fact that, even though I'm saying I am quite precious, but, but we are very aware of all the things that are wrong with us. Mm-hmm. We're very aware where we fall down. We're very aware with all those things. I mean, I, you know, I... I don't, uh, things like I do so much about not being manly and yes that is a big issue but I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel painful when I'm talking about it on stage okay so well, I do so want to be a more manly I was going to say well uh, do, yeah. you, do you ever want to be a more manly comic do you ever do you ever sort of look out the window and think oh, wouldn't it be great to be a leather jacket wearing smoking yeah. kind of um, yeah but all yes it would but also, you know, it's not you. So it's kind of refreshing to, to be... Because yes. comedy is about turning the world upside down. It is about fat people are funny, you know, camp people are funny, people mm. who are against their gender stereotype are funny. So if you're the cool comic, you've got to be... You, you've got a different sort of thing to deal with. Mm. But, but, um, but yeah, I don't... Oh, God, I don't, this is so complex, isn't it? It's quite... Yeah, it's not really complex, but I've got quite a low IQ. That's nothing <laughs> I worry about. Anyway... Um, no, I felt I did a quick thing on the internet and scored quite low, and it was kind of refreshing. Oh, people go, I'm very intelligent. I'm yes. going, God, aren't I doing well considering my yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of borderline special needs. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but, um, but, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't because because it, it, it's that refreshing. It, it, I'm sort of I think I'm angry at the world that laughs at us for yes. having those weaknesses, but also then the fact people are laughing. They're you know they are they are. 
bond. Okay. You know, they're, they're understanding what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Yes, sure. But I, d- I, I yeah, I would. I mean, I, I did. Re- I remember being a kid and suddenly realizing that in adventure films, God, I will never be. Or you're a teenager, yeah. I will never be. You Bruce won't get Willis, to be the hero. Ever. Will never be the. I will always be either the you know the funny sidekick or the the evil pathetic one that when cornered mm. without his minions you know i so i'm not that i'm trying to cast for these roles but i <laughs> but it's do you know what i mean i can't ever be that sort of but does every man go through that i think every man know most men know that they are not the manly man but sure i do have a particular issue with it because i have always had been quite effeminate i've always had a very you know very before my voice broke i sounded like a little girl <laughs> I look like a little girl. And many of us are thinking now, but you still sound a little yeah, girl. No, <laughs> but I've, but I've, it's been, it is a big issue. It hurts. It makes me yes. angry. But it doesn't make me so angry. Now, it made me angry when I started doing comedy. I was single, and that was when I was trying to pull women, and that really annoyed me. People going, yes. why don't you talk about being gay on stage? Because I'm not gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, which, which really annoyed, because I was on the pull. But... Um, yeah, but now I'm married with kids. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit upset that people don't come on to me. But <laughs> not that I'm looking for an affair, by the way. Sure, sure, but no. But I don't this... think my wife listens to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you know the thing where you say to people, oh, isn't he good? He's very faithful to his wife. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, maybe if you're very good looking and you're very sexy man, well done. But I don't know about you. I mean, well, you must probably get it a lot, but I never get, I never get tempted because I never get offered. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible scenes here at the Comedian <laughs> Cruises podcast. <laughs> so this is how I've got next to nothing to say about this episode because I think it's all in here. I, I thought this was a great interview, uh, though I say so myself, but largely because of uh, Hal's openness, his honesty, and uh, we get into some really good stuff about process, about performance, and some insider stuff about the various panel shows he's done. And I think Hal was just very, very open um, about his anger and his need for some sort of cause to fight. This is frankly textbook concom, and uh, I'm very, very proud of it. Bit of news, after the Brendan Burns podcast, Brendan has been in touch, and we're going to do a follow-up before too long, so look forward to that one. We're going to... He's a very layered man, Brendan, very layered comedian so hopefully we're going to get remove a few more of those peel back some more of those layers and find out some more about him i think there's a lot more more to find in that uh, and i noticed um that in this episode i mentioned uh, cool comedians in leather jackets for some reason that came up as a as a trope you know i you know the sort of act we're talking about brendan a, a perfect example certainly certainly uh, previous brendan um so uh yes i'm just flagging up that listen don't send me emails telling me that every episode i mention cool comedians in leather jackets for some reason during that Edinburgh it just came up quite frequently um, next time it's the glorious 50th episode of this show the glorious 50th episode brilliant um, it's a little anniversary um, I can't really believe there's been 50 of them but I suppose having done 25 at Edinburgh I suppose I can um, do keep emailing me uh, in general if not to give me abuse about leather jackets uh, info at comedianscomedian.com or tweet at comcompod Thank you for your emails. I've had some very touching ones recently from people who I think have got a lot out of the show. Um, and it would be a bit sentimental of me, really, to read them out. But I do love receiving them and reading them. So so thanks if you're one of those. And please keep sharing the show. Someone asked me about a donate button recently. Um, I haven't got round to that yet for a number of reasons. I feel a bit odd about asking for donations. That may change. Um, but the most powerful thing that you can do right now is to, to say thanks for this podcast is simply to choose a friend or a couple of friends who don't know about it yet 
target them, harass the hell out of them until they're as hooked as you. So get more people going. Uh, you can still, if you're a comedian, you can still become a super goldsmith by uh, tweeting uh, your followers and telling them about it. Lots of people have been doing that. I'm very, uh, very grateful to them. Um, and there was something else. What was I going to say? It's gone. It'll come back. Now it's back to Hal Crutton. <laughs> I want to focus on something which I think has come from you. I don't think I've, I've put this in, in your mouth, but you have in talking about the last couple of things you've been talking about, you have said it makes me angry. You have said that gets me. Yeah. I feel that anger, that anger at the world. Let's just explore that a little bit further because it, for me, that's a real surprise. I Certainly, I can see the darkness in some of your some of your material, maybe, yeah. but I, I've never thought of you as an angry person. Is, is anger something that... When, when, when did you last really lose your temper? Um, I do. I, I'm quite. I don't know. I thing is, I live with a champions championship angry person. I mean, my, my wife isn't. She's just. She's. She's almost. Cult, God, this is really racist. She's. Yeah. <laughs> she's culturally angry. She's yes. got that Northern Irish. Fuck yeah! yeah. But she's actually a very happy person. But when she's angry, she and I love it because it means I'm not the angry one. When oh, we're angry, okay. but I am a okay. shouter. I am a bit of a shouter and a bore, um, but I'm I'm just a bit of a cynic and a bit of a miserableist type. Is it? But most comics are, aren't they? Most comics are quite negative because they're taking the piss out of society. They're undercutting society the whole time. They find they find social norms annoying or silly or sure. bothersome. So I think most comics, it's like most comics are introverts. Okay, this is apparently done. It's in funny surveys, actually because I, I'm uh, I having done several like fifty or so of these mm. interviews. There are. Uh, there are less and less tropes that I can connect to oh, most right. comics, and I'm just in my I'm just in my head playing a little game there. Is to, if you say most comics are like this, maybe actually what you're saying is I'm like, I'm like this. this, and I want yeah. to seem like I'm a comic. So I was trying to put no, 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 no. What do you <laughs> know what I mean though? I'm trying I want to, put, to fit in yeah. with the gang. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to put that sort of through the filter of, uh, of 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 you saying that and going okay. If if you were when you say most comics, if you were saying I, then mm. what are the things that we're looking at there? Is that you? You seem to me to have a really interesting dynamic between I want to fit in and I want everyone to like me, but I'm annoyed at the world and I'm angry and yeah. I'm there's there's kind of a, a really interesting tension there that I don't think is true of most comics necessarily that I think is true of you. Yeah, that you're doing nice stuff to win people over, but it's about stuff that you hate or that makes you angry. Yeah, or pain that you're experiencing in you know in your own life. Yes, I mean the thing is. These are, these are my best jokes, I'm saying, because I'm suddenly thinking my show going, okay. God, people would think, God, going to hell's show must be really deep and psychological. No, absolutely. And, it, um, it, and it, lots it, of it is yeah, fluff and sure, silliness. Sure. But I do think, that she, I, I'm trying to think about what things I do, because I do things on politics, I do things on... Mm. Uh, I, I tend to say, take some things through, through me that I believe of society as well. I believe, okay. I believe people are far too opinionated about politics with far too, too little information. Sure. I can't bear blokes on radio phones going... You know what they need to do? Yeah. They need to send in the SAS. That'll sort <laughs> You know, that bullshit. Oh, shut up, you wanker. Whereas in my comedy, I will, pl I will be... I'm a bit of an idiot about politics. Yes. Uh, and I, I'm up to a level I am, but I've also got a degree in politics. So, I'm, so, okay. I'm, so I just haven't done any... I haven't, looked, I haven't thought about it enough for 20 years. But, you know, okay. but, but it's, that, it's that thing of you do tend to hide, make, get rid of issues and anger about stuff, sometimes through yourself. Sometimes through saying, I'm a bit like this. When you're not so like it, you actually 
say to people, that's, do you recognise that in yourself? Do you know what I mean? I By understand. Playing okay, so you, but, what you're saying is you recognise a thing, it annoys you, and in order to communicate it to an audience, yeah. the most useful way to you, for you to do that is to say, oh, you know when you're like this, to make yeah. yourself the victim. Yes, yes. Gotcha. I think okay. I tend to do which is a massive cop-out probably, but I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be a mainstream comedian, shut up. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, but, but the best comedy is the stuff that does make you angry, that you do care about. It is, yeah. you know, somebody, I, somebody wrote me a letter really angry about an Alzheimer's joke I did, mm -hmm. saying, my father's dying of Alzheimer's. How dare you? I'll break your legs if you come to Swansea or whatever. Um, and, and I wrote them a letter back. I totally understand how this, it was a joke about Alzheimer's and it was pretending it was a terrorist group. It was mm -hmm. Al-Qaeda, Alzheimer's. It was, really, it was a brilliant joke. It sounds shit, but it was brilliant. Um, <laughs> But it was that thing of going, but I think we, we've got to laugh at all these... Th and they said, would you make a joke about cancer? And I was like, of course I'd make a joke about mm. cancer. We should make a joke about everything that scares us, everything that moves us, because those are the things where the biggest laughs are, mm. where you are taken to the edge and then somebody undercuts it and takes a right turn. And mm. we should laugh at death and suicide and things that people you know, think, that, think are taboo. And this is the problem comedy has, that the best jokes are always the ones near the edge, and yet they're the ones that people are very quick to go, that's a disgrace, that, sure. you know that someone's made a joke about that. So, so I do think... Do um, you feel free to make jokes about all of those things? Do you, or do you worry that they'll be misconstrued or misunderstood? I find, I try, I've tried to make jokes about quite painful things in my life that sound painful, and you, it's really hard to do. Okay. Really hard to do. Really hard to make a joke of something that even if it happened a long time ago, they will go... I mean, even, I mean I'm not talking about really... I'm like death of my father, but this, mm -hmm. this is like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Nobody... It's really hard to get that to work because they worry about you. You go, no, do, you know, this is okay. this is about things that we all go through. This is things that we all, sure. you know, experience. So, I, so, uh, so was that? And when you were when you were mining that subject for material, yeah. were you needing were you needing to express it? Were you needing yes. to get it out? Yes, and you and you cut because that's why comedy is. That's when it's great when you really get something out of your system mm. that bothers you about. Thing. I mean, I was saying I'm chippy. I'm so the things I do. I'm doing so many jokes still at the moment about not just campness, middle classness, being southern, being London, being English in Scotland, being the, mm -hmm. because I'm chippy about. I'm, they, 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 I don't know why it bothers me of 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 belonging to a group that that or, or being middle class, belonging to a group that has is perceived as never having suffered. And it's true. I haven't. Shit. <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, it's okay. like, so so I'm, I've always got issues about that and it's very hard to keep that working because I'm thinking, God, that must be what's really bothering me in my life as a, mm. or as a comic, as a person. Sure. I, I, I want an issue. I'm, oh, I'm, I know that sounds, God, that's so middle class up its arse, <laughs> isn't it? I want, to be, I want to be a woman so I can get angry about feminist things. I want to be a, you know, I want to be Scottish so I can go, believe, you know, I believe in Scottish nationalism, but as an English person, you know, I'd, I want to yeah. kind of... Um, yeah, they don't want your support. Yeah, I want yeah. to, <laughs> you know, I want to be gay rather than camp so I can go on yes actually have a society you want a cause yes exactly I don't have it's pathetic it's the, I'm just like a little teenager at university still. and why do you want <laughs> why do you want that cause what would it mean to you if you had one what would be different I just I don't I mean would it be would it be better for your career would it be better for making people laugh or is it that you you have a sort of untapped anger like a directionless yeah I suppose it is it's, it's I suppose it is a sort of yeah, I think it is a sort. It, it is. It is a sort of untapped anger, but and having no reason for it, mm. it or no obvious reason. I'd love to be. I mean, I'm very jealous of people that can hang their anger on something tangible. Of course, it's real, but it's like. But I think some people just go. Oh, yeah. Oh. When you were when you were trying material about the death of your father, mm. and it wasn't working, what 
sorts of things do you think could have made it work? I mean, just off the top of my head, the fact that you look quite happy and successful yeah. probably counts against you when you see... Yeah, but do you, do you know what? I try to do a bit about this. I, I mean, I do an impre- I, I sound like... I do a thing about sounding like Tony Blair. It's not just that, though. Tony... I remember him being asked just before... God, this is the 97 election, being told... The grin. People go on about the grin, Tony. Why mm. do you grin, Tony? And I was going, tell the truth, Tony. Tell the truth. Tell them that it's because you're tense. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> of course he went, he went, well, I'm just a happy person. But that is tension. Yes, OK. That happiness is tension, isn't it? It is kind of, look, that's my way of dealing with society. Um, and I have exactly the same thing. I have exactly the same... Oh, really? Oh, yes. lovely to see Everything's you. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's so good. Yes. yes, and it's all just very... And you just, you know, so so it's just a way of dealing socially and it's a way of performing. Okay. But I do think it's, you know, it's performing, but also... And in, in terms of the performing, do you feel like after you've done your hour show, mm. do you come off feeling like, oh, great, I've expressed that stuff? Or do you come off feeling like, excellent, the, the writing that I did and the performance that I did to make everyone laugh, I'm, you know, do you feel like I'm satisfied that it worked? Or do you feel like oh, I've got the stuff out? For me, it's bits of both. I, I have. You see, I still think I'm getting better as a comic. Mm. So I hope I get nearer more stuff where I walk off and go, oh, that was fantastic. I really got things out of my system. What I have now, I think, is bits of my show are bits where I go, duh, that, that's of it. Yeah. Yeah. Tacking that, that, that gets something out of my system. And some of it is just good jokes. Mm. But I would like to, yeah, I think I'd like to be a more sort of, passionate about everything I say. I'd like to be Bill Hicks, but not Bill Hicks in a... Sure. You know, obviously I can't be cool and... You know, <laughs> yeah, I can be the sort of worst like, impression you know, of Bill I'll Hicks. Be, yes. yeah. Tony Blair, bloody furious. About, yeah. you know, uh, um, actually, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I like... I did... I actually had sympathy with Tony Blair because of the way I felt like him. Then you read his autobiography. I've not read it. it it's the only autobiography I've let, read where you like a man less at the end of it. It's historic because, yeah, I always have that theory that if you get him in a room by himself, eventually he might crack and go, I'm so sorry, Iraq was terrible and it was yeah. all a mistake. Yeah. No, he's a wanker. He's an absolute, believes it all. He's a sanctimonious. Anyway. Sure. No, no, no. <laughs> um, the relationship, I want to just look at, before we move on, when we'll, we'll talk about um, writing and your writing technique yeah. and stuff. And, uh, and also there'll be some opportunity for questions from the audience. So oh, God, really? Do, yeah, there will. Did I not tell you about that? Sorry. No. Yeah, you can ask you <laughs> literally anything. Um, but uh, just before we move on from, from this part, I just want to talk just a little bit more about the relationship between yourself on stage and your real self. Yeah. Who, is it, is it kind of one for one? Are you just, are you being yourself? Are you heightening some parts of you? No, you're being a heightened version of yourself. But I think, and I don't know whether most comics think this, I think the longer you go, the more you become your true self. Yeah, that, so I've I not th- heard it put like that, but I think that's right. Actually. I definitely yeah. started as, hello, oh, football, isn't that funny? Um, I was like that when I first yeah. started comedy. And then became, and I've become, just because you get more confident, you do become much more yourself. But I'm still not there yet. I'm still quite a way away from that. I still, I mean, I, I, even a few years ago, I watched myself walk on to McIntyre's Roadshow or Royal Variety a few years ago, and I walk on, and even then, I try not to do it now, of going, hey, hello, whoa, brilliant to be here. Yeah. Fuck off with that. Do you know what I mean? Even, sure. I don't, it's not brilliant to be that. I've got to find a way to get on stage without having to go, oh, love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. Here's some jokes. I really want to just go yeah. on and go, hello, yeah, you know. 
Well, obviously, hello, it's lovely to be here. This is quite exciting. But well, so you can't go on and be totally real. You can't go on live at the Apollo and go, oh, sure. this is a massive it's- night for my career. <laughs> um, you know, you, you have to pretend you're... You have to, this, this, we are acting, all of us. Anybody who's walking on stage at the Apollo... And going, whoa, yeah, and they're kind of pretending we just come for a chat. We're shitting it backstage, going, shit, this means a lot of seats on tour yeah. being sold, or you know, and mock the week with doing that, which is all, <laughs> you know, you know. I always think you always think of the comic who's sitting there on mock the week, going <laughs> and laughing at everybody else inside their head. They're going, I'm not being funny, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing yeah. enough, and they're looking yeah. like they're being supportive, and you can see the eyes. They're going, shit, I've got to get in and, here. And interestingly, in. you never, the audience doesn't get to see the eyes because they only see the stuff that works yeah. because of the edit. Yeah. So actually, I mean, how long just talking? About Mock the oh, Week. How, how long does the does the actual recording? The record last? is two and three quarter hours for half an hour. Two and three quarter hours. It's really of, hard of people of seven people yep. trying desperately to get their joke mm. in. I mean that, but you obviously have done it well enough. You've been invited. I back. had I had a really good one, but I did psych myself up. You'd have to go, and also okay. The thing of being going longer, I, I'm not. I'm not so. I know everybody on it, apart from Hugh Dennis. I knew everybody else I'd work with, and I, you know. Um, so it makes it a lot easier. You're not coming in as the real new boy. Sure. I was more like, <laughs> I don't think I wrote this, sort of, told some of that. I was more like the sort of slightly backward kid that should have been doing this Who's class. Fi- finally caught yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> finally caught up. But, um, but it is a thing where you have to go right and be bold and jump in on people and go, you know, they do their line and you get in and you get your stuff in and you've got to get your jokes away and, mm. you know, and be and funny you, and you think of something funny and you're in fast. And how much, how much writing specifically for that show did you do? My wife wants me to move out for five days before the next one. Okay. That's how much I am. Mock the week. Mock the week. Uh, everything okay. is like, pre- 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 you know, obviously. We, should we, shouldn't we be talking about being prepared, should we? Oh, it's well, prepared, mock the week. Yeah. It, obviously, lots of it is off the cuff <laughs> at times. I'm not going to get another one now. <laughs> I'll, I'll bleep the name of the show. They'll be able to work it. But, but no, but you but can no, guess I what the news is going to be. So I'm very, very... You I'm, know what the I'm, news is and you can do a certain amount of preparation. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think anyone thinks that when Frankie Boyle was doing it, no one thinks that he was coming up with those one-liners yeah. on the spot. You know, it's, they're, they're jokes, aren't they? Yeah, no, they? exactly. Anyone? <laughs> I had, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, oh. I had a very interesting conversation with uh, a lady um, on a tube train once who was very sort of intelligent, uh, perfectly nice, uh, educated lady mm. who we were talking about Ricky Gervais and she was saying, oh, the thing with Ricky Gervais is I keep thinking to myself, oh, he's, he's going to run out of things to say in a minute and then, and then he just comes up with something else. Oh and I had to sort of tell it that's all been written. That's, yeah. you know, his talk, when you see him do an hour of stand-up or whatever, oh, that's, God. it's all been written. But the name of the game is we all try to make it look like yeah. it's, it's spur of the moment. And that is the problem because we do get caught out. But, oh, you're not, very, you're not as funny off stage. You're not as, and you, people go, oh, they should. But that is what we're pretending. We are pretending. It is a show. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to fool people into thinking we are just Mr. Funny. You know, my wife wakes up in the morning and goes, oh, say something funny. I go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, God, we just piss ourselves all day. Oh, thank God I married you. You're lovely. You know, it's like... <laughs> but this, that is the illusion. People do think, we're, and, you know, don't they, that we're walking yeah. around being hilarious all the time when actually we're walking around going, I don't have enough material. I've got to get some more jokes. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the, the getting some more jokes process. Mm. How, did you, how did you start writing when you started doing comedy what was your means of actually getting some stuff to well, say on stage i did a workshop okay so and, and <laughs> all the you. methods of the workshop uh well i was really scared i was doing it because a friend got me into comedy a group of friends got me into comedy because i wasn't working as an actor mm-hmm. which does say a lot about 
me as a comic like mm. I don't drink before going on stage all these things because I see it as like I've you know um, very much a performance sort of thing I think and I think I'm losing that more and more and be- trying to become more uh, more natural but yeah friends got me into this workshop and it was all about using these methods that was Jean Perret or something it was all about oh, ways of writing Perret jokes book. yeah yeah and another one was rant and rave which I think is probably what most people write comedy with which is just talking about a subject and just just something you feel strongly about you're happy about you like something you hate something you love it or you hate it it's you know more extreme the better and just writing and writing writing loads of crap and then just getting finding jokes out of that but i don't use any of that anymore i mean that got me onto the you know open spot circuit really okay. finding that way of of writing but i i just i do take ages to write i tend to have lots of different topics going at the same time on my computer mm-hmm. And I've got something on it. I think there's something funny about it. And then I okay. keep going back to that and go, oh, I've got something and else. And you you're a sit-down in front of the computer writing? I am. I script complete Edinburgh shows and script all my stand-up. But then the show is not, never like it is on the bit of paper. Okay. But I like to know I've got a script. I think that's the actor and it, part and of me. When you say you script it, do you mean you sit down and write it all before you Absolutely. take any of it on stage? I have a real writing Before you outfit. take any of it on stage? Oh, um... Oh, no, yeah. I, I write every joke I think I'm going to do. Okay. And, and then you and learn then I go it, and try it. And then you go and try it. Well, try it or read it from a bit of paper yeah, and try sure. out. Okay. We try out material, you know, new okay. material nights. But um, I do script it, but then the jokes never end up as they're scripted. They do tend to change with the rhythm or the mm. way they, you know, the way they work. And you do get, and you and you do, I, you do build jokes from audiences as well, from things that mm-hmm. happen and interaction that happens. And um, but and are there any? Do you have any particular systems or kind of rules of writing that you adhere to, or is it just the case that? You, I mean, what what kind of what kind of uh, what does your writing week look like if you're if you're writing for an Edinburgh show? And don't panic if there isn't one because I no, often th- ask well, people that really, and they go, "Come it's on!" It's very man, funny talking about writing because I've hardly written any stand up for like two months because I'm writing sure. a, <laughs> I'm writing a sitcom and, and be, le- being in this play and things. But um, uh, I would I, I would say it's quite I, I've got quite low concentration, so I only have to take a section of the day. I will only mm-hmm. I can't do six hours of stand-up writing a day. I might be able to do three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually it's just, it's just taking something that's a... It, it's usually an idea that I've put on my iPhone. Something's okay. occurred to me during the day and I put it on there and I go, right, can I make this funny? And usually the big joke is there, is somewhere already, there already. And it's because about that's getting, why it's occurred to you that yeah. I think I can do something with it. Yeah. So what sort but of... But you still don't know if it's going to be funny until you sure. do it on stage. So, so, But what sort of methods do you use to try and find the funny in something? Do you? God, I don't know. I, do you write it from different people's points of view, or do you always write it from? You know, come on. What God, is it? I really don't. I, no, I really don't. I really think of the big funny thing. This is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you my IQ is sure, quite low. Sure. <laughs> um, there's like a big. There's there's like something that's a f- that's that's funny that occurs to you, and then you tr- then you just write the, the you've try got to try and, to try and to unpick what what that was that why that's funny. Yes, why yeah. that was funny. Why oh, that's such a hard, it, it, it is. Yeah, weird it's an now. impossible question. No, but I think if I was a new comic, I would be able to tell you much more my method. I think yes. I have far less of a method now. Okay. I tend to go, and also I tend to be regurgitating and building on material that never worked five years ago. Mm. I'd written something, I find it and go, oh, that might work. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll shove that bit in there. That joke that never worked there. But and I'm collecting stuff together. So, so I've really got a messy method at the moment. Mm-hmm. I do think it's easier to write to a topic. It's why it's nice to be on when you're on a panel show or you have to write for something. You do find the funnies when you're told you are going to be writing jokes this yes. week. 
about David Cameron, the Tories, or your, you will then go, oh, concentrate. It's about keeping your focus on that thing. Because mm. we're, we, you know, and staying off YouTube and Twitter and how many followers do I have? Um, um, how many followers do you have? Not enough. <laughs> not, I, I'm old, but I'm old. Older people, we don't do as well. Sorry, I wasn't including you. You're, you're prematurely grey, aren't you? Quite young. Um, <laughs> You are, aren't you? You're, uh, yeah, ish. Yeah, yes, no. But uh, young comics get massive of followers, don't they? And I find that older. I don't, I don't think it's because of your youth. No, it's just because I'm not very. Okay. Well, no, I, you know. I don't tweet them. I got. Well, how many, you, how many have you say got? I don't I've tweet got pod, that much. Have you got a lot? Uh, the podcast, I think, at the moment has got about two and a half thousand. Oh, right. oh, it's I've not, beaten not the podcast then. Well, there yeah. we go. Okay. <laughs> That's the first person I've Sorry. interviewed who's told me they've beaten the podcast. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I, you know, you, um, I think, yeah, that's interesting that you, that your take on it is that young people have more followers. I guess it's in my some excuse. ways that is true. It's my yeah. excuse. No, but some people seem to have masses of followers, but then I think they tweet a lot. Yes. People always tell me I should have for the amount of telly I've done about sure. 20,000 followers okay. and I have seven and a half. Okay. So I'm always worried about it. So if anybody would like to follow me on Twitter, <laughs> can I come back when there's a bigger crowd? <laughs> no, what, what are you talking about, Hal? We can't, perfect, we can't fit anyone else Oh, sorry, in the room. sorry. Yes, no, <laughs> cut that. Um, but, um, but sorry, yeah, what was I talking about? I was talking about, yeah, I think it's about focusing on that top. If you work hard enough on a topic, you will find the funnies. Okay. But it's about going, is this going to be funny? And it's got to have something interesting enough to hold you. I, mean, I just, I don't know. I find my brain flits about a lot. Um, and also I go back to the same topics again and again and again because I'm yeah. traumatised by them. Okay. I'm so middle class. I'm so, you know, my kids take the piss out of me. That's my latest thing. But I'm trying to make it too cliched because everybody's kids sure. seem to say But mine are just sure. moving into teenage years. Do you, do, you, do you ever worry that you are hitting the same subjects and yes. you're, you're, you know, yes, but an audience they are, might get tired of them or something? Or? If they're funny enough. Yeah. There are, there are. I think a lot of comics do about are talking about the same stuff quite a lot, yeah. aren't they? Something like Alan yeah. Carr is, you know, you're not going to get stuff on, you know, I'm a, I wrestle bears or something. You know, you're sure, going to get quite sure. a camp show, uh, and and on quite camp. So I think people that's have the same preoccupations, thing. don't they? That yeah. they like to. And I'm quite preoccupied with being a bit suburban, a bit middle class, family, uh, mm. bit weight issues, camp issues. I mean, camp issues always come up. My kids, my. I've, my bit of material I'm doing at the moment about you know my children's series I, I don't think anybody's kids say to them what my kids say to me and they're 12 and 11 they say it in a loving way but they go oh my little fat camp gay daddy and <laughs> no <laughs> and they think and they, they know it's funny because they've seen me do stuff on YouTube and I go but that's just it's not I wouldn't my, my dad was a big bearded tough man he yeah. just, you know it's the level of lack of respect is astonishing <laughs> but they're girls it is they, are, they are girls okay. God, so that's okay. they don't need to respect me <laughs> So if everything goes according to plan with your sort of upward curve that yeah. you're on at the moment... This will what, be an embarrassing yeah. interview <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be dug out and I'll be ripped apart in the sun. <laughs> Sorry, what, uh, what, what do you want out of it? What do you want out of your career? What do, you, do you have like a particular goal that you're working towards or is it enough for you to just be kind of getting I, progressing year on year? I, um, it, it's enough. To tell the truth, I, I think it's about lots of things like mm -hmm. having a family you want to you know I've, I have kids that want to go into artistic jobs I feel like god I've got to, I want to make loads of money I want to make that's quite blatantly I didn't care about money had a family and now I'm going shit this is an insecure job I want to make lots of money yes um, that's a horrible thing to no, say but perfectly I, reasonable but, um, you're, a, you're an adult but, uh, you know you worry about all those things so that on a pure thing but, but that is not my main my main goal in comedy 
is to do things I'm really proud of. Mm. And I that might be a great stand-up show, a great sitcom. I'd love to do all of them. I'd love to... I, I, I must admit, I will do... I do panel shows. Panel shows have no uh, interest for me beyond can they further my career can they can they get people to come and see me do stand-up mm-hmm. can i get people to can i get my sitcom on tv can i get that that is my dream that's always been my dreams big stand-up shows in theaters and sitcoms mm. possibly sketch shows it's it's i i like i'm i'm I, I, I'm, that's that's sort of my that is my ambition. Yeah. That's in the in the writing of your sitcom, then how does that differ to the writing of your stand-up? Do you because um, I've I've never understood when when my I've been a stand-up for about nine years, and when my, the people I was doing stand-up with suddenly started saying a couple of years in, oh, I've written a sitcom. Mm. I always remember thinking, how? Who told you how to do that? Who taught you? Where did oh. you learn how to do that? We all, I, I knew how I was learning how to do stand-up because I'd write something and then I'd go and do it. Yeah. But it's, you know, what, talk to us a little bit about the... Uh... Well, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm, I'm writing it with Dominic Holland, even though it's okay. about me. Okay. So um, I'm writing it with someone who's very experienced at writing scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even though he doesn't have my innate genius, he's very good <laughs> structure. Uh, he's really... He is another one who's yeah. really rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I got mocked the week, he went, look, just accept it. You will look plump. But enjoy yourself. Um, he's a horrible man. Um, you know Dominic Holland. He's always yeah. He's very. We're yeah. very different people. He's very. He's he's quite right wing reactionary, quite tough. Sure. And I'm very soft and lefty and kind of you know and and sort of obviously inner toughness. But um, but I lo- I want I like having somebody holding my hand on that. So yeah. he's written loads of scripts because I'm not experienced at it. So sure. I didn't just go into. I would always do that of doing something that's I'm really especially because you kind of get a lot of people mess them up sitcom they get they get the sitcom on their name or on mm. their stand-up and i sort of you know with with um uh radio 4 commissioned me on this partly on uh they were interested in me because of my stand-up yeah so i wanted it's, to make it's sure weird, I isn't it? Really like good. you 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 get really good at one thing that you've been training in yeah. for years training or working yeah. in and then people go that's great can you do another thing that's nothing to yeah. do with but it still is it still is writing jokes scenarios but i, I for me it meshes it all to, it's perfect it meshes mm. my because i do really love acting i do love that's what I was trained in as well, you know, being mm. a being an actor. So I sort of, um, so I so I I sort of love that performance thing and writing a whole, you know, uh, mm. a whole sitcom, a whole piece. I, and I do, I, I like, I don't know, I, 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 I don't know. I suppose it's, I suppose it is, it is different. It's easier to write a sitcom, I think. It's easier than stand up. Stand up's the hardest thing to write because you've got to be fast. You've got to be funny so often. So yes. joke, joke. Whereas a sitcom, you can set something up and have quite a big joke, and it's. You know, sure. it's shared between different characters, voices and things. So so I think it's easier to write than stand-up. Nothing's as hard as stand-up, I think, to write. Don't We've you? just got uh, a, just a moment or two left, actually. We've overrun very slightly. Um, but uh, I, just if there's anyone would like to ask any questions, then feel free to. Nothing nasty. Remember if, what we said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's one over there. Hello. Uh, this gentleman's asking, if he saw you do five shows in a night, would it be the same material every um, time? Ver- yes, you. No, we're would talking be bored. gigs, aren't we? We're talking like five yeah. Gigs you would night. be bored. I mean, usually I don't really do that much anymore. I did mm. do that at a certain point, um, but in London, I would I would vary it completely to which gig I was doing. So maybe I was doing two at the Comedy Store, yeah. where you're doing biggest, safest bet stuff, and then mm. if you're going to smaller clubs. There's so many people who could get annoyed by this, but you're a little bit more experimental yes. if you're doing yeah, a smaller yeah, no, club and going, I'm going to mess that. about a bit. But for me, because it drives my brain a bit mad, I will keep the structure quite similar. Mm. So I will go, I'm starting with that and I'm ending up there and maybe there'll be a bit of a detour. But to stop myself going mad and not repeating a gag at the same gig, I will 
have an order of materials. So I'm going, you know, wife, family, regional stuff, bit of politics, um, you know, whatever I... God, it sounds boring, my act, but... It, <laughs> fascinating material uh you know uh, my dog and things like that i will always sure. end on my dog or something you know so, sure. so i just to stop me going mad that's okay uh, any others if you if you walk on stage and you feel straight away that the audience aren't up for it what can you what can you do to change? well usually you just it's a it's god that's i'd sort of ask that's a good, you that that's a really good you question you do kind of plow on the thing the thing that's awful is I only really have this or I've only had this in the past year at a corporate. <laughs> what you're doing at a corporate is you're being paid much more money than other gigs. To perform so in an environment that is not do right it. for comedy at all. You have to prove to them that they've messed this up and that you're going to... You have to keep going. You can't just go, oh, this isn't going to work. You can't reference it too early. It's so weird because you are way ahead of the audience. You yes. know they're going to sit there going, this guy is shit. Yeah. That's what's horrible about comedy. People will go, he's crap. And they, won't they, take, they hate it. Yeah, they, they yeah. hate it because it's the environment. Is wrong. I mean, it's really weird why that happens. It's really hard to explain, isn't it? Mm. Why sometimes mm. a gig just isn't going to work. Mm. It's just the way it's set up. It's just the way every, half the room's talking and they will not shut up. So they're constantly being distracted by something. But you just have to plough on. I mean, actually, with, with that, you usually find you can't die quite as completely as when you're brand new. You usually find a little group of people. Mm. If it's massive and 500 people are talking and play to the 200 that might be listening at the front and maybe reference it a little bit. But the main thing is not to look like you're really upset, not to look like you're really angry or you're scared or anything. You work extra hard at going, whoa, this is a bit... Oh, I I'm find... just so relaxed about this. Yeah, and, yeah. It's almost like if you, you can know. find something that makes you laugh about yeah. it. If you can find... I mean, I know that's not necessarily in the world of doing corporate gigs, but yeah. normally in a stand-up club, if you're thinking, oh, people aren't going with this. Yeah. I sort of... I try and think, if I can find something that makes me laugh, yeah. it'll put me back in a, in a genuine good mood and then yeah. they'll respond to that. I mean, when it's a, when it's a comedy gig, you, you reference the material, not what you have to reference oh that was a bit shit oh you didn't like that you, I, yeah there's know, a so certain school of thought that says you've got to acknowledge it because otherwise it's like you're doing your best yeah. joke and it dies and they'll look at you going well he thinks that was funny yeah and they're dying for you to references and make yes. it better and go please tell us that you mm. recognize that we hate you mm. for that joke or something you know so mm. and uh, we one more over there before we wrap up um so uh, have you ever found yourself editing yourself in your head as you work oh totally yeah. You totally edit yourself. You totally go, God, if they're not going for that, they won't go for that. So I'll do that. And then you're, you're shifting things around the whole time. Um, and that must be so, hard on your third gig of the night, say, or even yeah. your second, say, these days, maybe if you're doing two but, at the comedy but store. Do you know what? I, I used to... I mean, my current manager stopped me doing five gigs a night. Okay. He said, it looks a bit, it, it looks a bit desperate and you've got more TV now. Stop it. I'm like, okay. That's um, really good <laughs> advice. I think that's... I think I was going to ask whether that had been the but case. I wondered, you, actually. Do you know yeah. what I love? Because I am a bit of a neurotic about gigs, I mm. love the relaxation of going, I've just arrived. Am I on? Great. And not having to worry about every room. Just go on and go, I'm so relaxed. I'm just yeah. almost on stage continuously tonight for... Yes. You know, and, and I love something that something fun about bursting through the door and having to yeah. work. And also, weirdly, it makes me feel a bit manly. It makes me feel a bit like I'm... You know, it does feel like I've gone home pouring sweat at one in the morning and I can say to my wife, I was, you know, I was like a miner tonight. I was fucking pouring sweat and I was I'm not just a, you know, it's that Monty Python sketch about, you know, uh, you know, I'm a poet and I work hard. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do feel like going, I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm sweaty and I've been out there and it's the West yeah. End and I'm And I might have a silly again. job, but I've yeah. bloody done it low. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Hal Cruttenden. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So that was Hal Cruttenden. I'm I'm sure you'll agree. I hope you'll agree. That was an absolute blinder. So thanks to Hal. Thanks to Pegs and Pete Jones for tech support. Uh, thanks to Dan Melrose for the music, to SoTV for producing the show when it was in Edinburgh, and to everybody who emails in for waiting patiently until I get back to you all. Uh, are you still out there? Are you still are you still listening now? I do, does anyone does everyone turn off before the end of this? Is it like the first ten minutes of WTF? I, if you are listening, I do worry that you're you're getting swamped with stuff because I'm chucking them at you. Maybe not as fast as I have been, but I do worry. So as soon as you hear this, just send me a tweet to at ComComPod, just saying here, and I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>